Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hey guys, Molly here with episode 215. And for this episode, we are taking your questions. So recently on my Facebook page, I asked questions from my followers. I asked followers what questions they had about Facebook advertising and digital marketing in 2019. And we got a ton of questions, <laughs> which I love. So these next two episodes are going to be pretty special. Of course, we're first going to read the question. And then Ralph and I will actually both answer the question because our answers might differ a bit and you might get a different perspective. So I hope you enjoy this Ask Me Anything episode. Let's get right into it. So the first question is from Tony Brooks. And Tony asks, how do we prepare for the shift to CBO, also known as campaign budget optimization, which for those of you guys who aren't aware, this has been such a hot topic in the Facebook ad world the last year or so. And CBO is basically an option where you can set the budget for your entire campaign at the campaign level versus establishing budgets at the ad set level. And the thinking behind this is that this allows Facebook to use your budget towards the ad sets that are working the best and generating the most results at the cheapest price versus you having to go in and manually adjust these budgets to really ensure this optimization occurs. Now, a lot of advertisers are struggling with CBO and Facebook has said that later this year in September, they are going 
going to make CBO the only option and they will be taking away the ability to set budgets at the ad set level. And this has a lot of advertisers freaking out. But here's what I know. I love CBO, but it does have to be used in the correct way. So I pretty much only use CBO when I'm in scaling mode. So if I have an offer and ads that already have traction that I've already tested, rarely do I come out of the gate and just use CBO from scratch. So it's utilizing post IDs and audiences and offers that I've tested before. And when I'm using CBO, I never put more than five ad sets in a campaign. I find that that throws off the optimization. Facebook just can't seem to disperse the budget to more than five ad sets at a time. Something else that I do with CBO is I make sure to not add any new ad sets to the campaign after it started running. That also seems to throw off the optimization. Something else that I do is I do add ads into ad sets after a CBO campaign has already been running. So for some reason, I found that when you add ad sets to the campaign, it seems to throw off the optimization. But when you add ads, maybe one or two new ads to each ad set in your CBO campaign every week or so, it seems to actually help the campaign and reduce fatigue and really prevent you from seeing those signs of scale that you see in terms of your CPA rising over time. So those are a few best practices in my book. Using CBO when you're ready to scale only having five ad sets, three to five ad sets in each campaign at a time, never adding new ad sets once a campaign is already running, and adding ads into your ad sets every week or so as you're running your campaign because this seems to help with fatigue. Now, I do believe that products like the split test feature and uh, dynamic creatives will get better over the next few months to really give us an option of other tools to use while we were in the testing phase versus just budgets at the ad set level. So I'm hoping that by the time we make this big switch over to CBO, that these other tools will be a bit stronger and work a bit better so that we can use those for testing. And because that is an issue, testing inside of a CBO campaign can be really, really tough. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works after we make this switch. I do know a lot of advertisers are having issues with CBO, especially launching a campaign and it working really well for two to three days and then completely flatlining. We've actually asked Facebook about this and we have someone very lovely from Facebook inside of our group at teamtraffic.com and she is in the process of trying to do some research to figure out what could be causing this insane drop off and really flatline of campaigns two to three days into their existence when using CBO. I just can't figure out what it could be. I've, I've looked into every possible option and I don't know why this is happening and I'm wondering if it's a bug in the system. Um, but overall, CBO is a great way to generate a high volume of results at a cheaper price, but it, sometimes it doesn't always work out the way that we want. And with that 
power, that volume that it gives us, if something's not working out very well, it can really intensify the fact that it's not working out well because campaigns perform so much quicker when using CBO than with budgets at the ad set level. So this is something that we're still all figuring out together. Great question, Tony. And we will see what happens in the next few months with CBO. I know that I'm still running a lot of tests uh, to figure out, you know, absolute best practices for CBO. And I will actually be hosting a webinar about CBO in the next two months. If you go to trainmytrafficperson.com and hop on the email list there, the wait list, we will notify you of when that webinar is occurring so you can get all of my best practices for CBO A to Z. Man, he asks a good question because <laughs> this one is one we've been struggling with. And if you've been a long-time listener to Perpetual Traffic, we don't tell you that we've figured stuff out. If we haven't actually figured it out yet, Facebook is still a big puzzle. And even though we've got, man, 10 plus media buyers on the tier 11 team here, an awesome media buyer director, people working on this stuff. We've got ad scientists, we've got creative team people working on all these sorts of things that you guys are going to be asking questions on today. Some of these things we haven't figured out quite yet. So for me personally, and I've gone to a couple of lectures just recently where a Facebook guru, I'm putting that in air quotes, says, this is what you should do in all cases. And making a recommendation based upon just some experience of, I don't know, I've got $700,000 in ad spend. That doesn't really cut it for me and for us inside tier 11. We manage multiple millions per week. We spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every single day. And for you, the listener here, that's almost like our test bed to tell you exactly what we're doing on the inside. And sometimes something like CBO, we haven't quite figured it out yet. And when we do figure it out and we have universal rules, universal things that we can tell you here on the podcast. I will tell you, Molly will tell you, but once again, everything that we'll discuss here on CBO, as well as any of the other questions here are things that we're seeing trends that we're seeing things for you to keep in mind when we have a hard and fast rule, we'll certainly tell you that. So CBO is one of those things we're still figuring out. And I don't know as if we have it all figured out, but I will tell you what we have figured out so far. And hopefully that will help you make your campaigns even more profitable and continue to grow your business. So once again, this is based on millions per week and spend actually just sort of looked in the tier 11 business manager and we're spending over $2 million a week. So these learnings might be not conclusive, but at least they're based on real learnings. And if you listen to a guru that doesn't have anywhere near that ad spend, I would be very, very skeptical to take any recommendation to heart. So always test it, always figure this stuff out on your own. What we're doing right now inside tier 11 is trying to figure out still CBO, campaign budget optimization, which is CBO. If you're not familiar with what it is, it's a new feature inside ads manager that came out a little less than a year ago, we were actually fortunate enough to test it about two or three years ago when the idea was first hatched and it failed. It flopped miserably on one of our largest accounts. Now an account that is spending well in excess of a million dollars a month on Facebook ads. It was a big failure for us. So 
when it came back out, we're like, oh, we've already kind of been there, done that. So we've been skeptical, but we have been adopting it. And some of the things that I'll tell you here today are things that maybe you should consider if you're running CBO campaigns. So first things first, CBO, there was a deadline for everyone for September 2019. Facebook has since extended that. So we've also heard there's other extensions in the mix. Right now it's August 2019. I'm just going to tell you exactly what it is that we know. So I'm going to pull this right out of our partner manager channel, being mindful of privacy and the fact that we do have NDAs signed with Facebook, but this is public information now. So I feel very comfortable sharing it with you guys here on the show. So here is the latest on CBO. So this is from Facebook a couple of weeks ago, just uh, actually a little bit less than a week ago. All right, here is what they told us. We are adjusting the launch date for the CBO migration to February 2020. Now, a lot of you guys have probably heard that it might be April 2020. Now we've heard some rumors as well. So anyway, this is what we know. February 2020, with the exception of any account that meets the criteria below. This is based on feedback of many advertisers who would like a little bit more time, probably like Tony Brooks here, wants a little bit more time. What do I do to prepare for CBO? To prepare for some campaign level budgets and migrating before the holiday season. So good call here, Facebook, waiting until after the holiday season because we've seen some interesting behaviors with CBO inside our campaigns that we manage here at Tier 11. So the exceptions include the following. So number one, ad accounts that have already reached 100% CBO adoption will migrate in September 2019. So if you don't want to go to CBO 100%, I would create some campaigns prior to September 2019 that are non-CBO. So once again, CBO, if we didn't mention this before, is campaign budget optimization. It's where you are able to set your budget at the campaign level and not at the ad set level. So for years and years, we've been setting our budgets at the ad set level, individually giving budget to whatever our interest is, lookalike audiences, specifically maybe even some broad audiences on the ad set level. CBO takes that up one level and sets the campaign budget for all of your ad sets. So let's say you set a budget of $1,000 and you have five ad sets. In theory, Facebook will pick or allocate the most budget depending on the day, the week, and your objective. They will set aside or allocate budget for the best performing ad sets and vary this day in and day out. That's sort of the idea behind it. Doesn't exactly work that way in practice, but the point is is that campaign budgets can now be set as opposed to ad set budgets. So campaign budget optimization. First off, if you have an ad account that's already reached 100% CBO adoption by September 2019, you will migrate full-time CBO, according to Facebook. Okay. Second exception is ad accounts that use the API as their primary creation interface or use incompatible features will not migrate until February 2020. So if you're using the API to create ads or to create campaigns, you won't migrate until 2020. This actually goes for some third-party vendors that we're very well aware of. But if you're doing this on your own, you got till February 2020. 
The third one is mixed optimization goals with lowest cost bidding. This is pretty much for every ad account that we have. We have multiple campaign goals. So mixed optimization goals with lowest cost bidding. So if you've got more than just conversion campaigns, chances are it looks like from this perspective, you will be one of those exceptions. So also, if you have over 70 ad sets within a campaign, 70 ad sets in CBO is kind of mayhem. It doesn't really work with that many ad sets. And Molly and I have talked about this quite a bit, especially when uh, Ezra Firestone's Boom by Cindy Joseph sort of migrated from 2018 into 2019. One of the things that they found is that they had way too many ad sets. So try and simplify things. Keep ad sets to maybe between 3 to 10 on the high end for CBO, we tend to see that that works the best. So evergreen campaigns created one plus year ago with no end date. If you've got an evergreen campaign that's still running non-CBO and it's created over a year ago and it doesn't have an end date on it, it's not scheduled to stop before September 2019, you will not have a ad account that will convert 100% to CBO in September and you'll get that stay until February 2020. So those are the exceptions. So we've got that out of the way. Back to Tony's question. How do we prepare for the shift to CBO? Well, I think the answer to that question is the old adage, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Well, you do it by practice, practice, and more practice. And that's exactly what we're doing here inside Tier 11 is that we're practicing and we're figuring out exactly what works, what doesn't work. But what we've found is that we've done a lot of different things with CBO. We do find that when we increase budgets too much on CBO, things tend to go sideways, tend to go haywire. We're still having some issues with that right now. So there is a gotcha there with increasing budgets. First couple of days really goes sometimes very badly. And then things stabilize after the third or fourth day, if they stabilize at all. So something that definitely keeps our media buyers up at night and also keeps them on their toes when they are managing campaigns and scaling campaigns. So the second thing is with CBO is that we started to do minimum ad set budgets, which you can still do. It's actually, it's a, it's a feature inside the ad set of distributing the wealth, so to speak. If you have a thousand dollar a day campaign that CBO, you can allocate a certain level of budget for each ad set so that Facebook doesn't spend all its money on one ad set and maybe doesn't reach your objective. We've since not been doing that. I think we actually talked about that in previous episodes. We haven't been doing that as much. So what we tend to do and looking through all the tier 11 ad accounts, especially the ones that are in the high six figures in monthly spend range. I don't see too many minimum ad set budgets being used, especially at scale. So it was a helpful feature. I think when you're starting out, if maybe if you're even testing new ad sets or new interest groupings, you might wanna use that feature. Let's say if you've got a $500 a day budget, on your campaign budget optimization, you know, maybe you allocate 50% of that total budget or maybe $250 to your ad sets as a minimum budget. So let's say you have a CBO campaign set up, you've got five ad sets, you've got a $500 a day budget set at the campaign level, of course. Maybe you set your ad set minimums to spend $50 per day. So that way each one of them sort of gets an equal share, especially if you're testing 
new interest groupings or new audiences, as well as perhaps even new ads. So we have seen that be effective, but at scale, we don't really use that a whole lot. Quite honestly, the biggest thing that we see is that we do let Facebook do a lot of the heavy lifting for us. We tend to set high budgets, budgets where we actually want to be. So let's say if we want to scale a campaign to $2,500 a day, we'll start at $2,500 a day as the daily budget. So we tend to start our budgets where we want to end up as opposed to where we begin. So for example, for that campaign at $2,500 a day, we didn't start it at 250 and increase by 10% or by 50% every single day or every other day. We started where we wanted to be. And in most cases, we are using that old rule that we have talked about here on the show many times of each ad set should get between seven to 10 conversions per day, ideally for the algorithm to really work. So 50 to 100 conversions per ad set per week feeds the algorithm enough data So for example, if we have a $50 CPA or a $50 goal, we want to be able to get 50 conversions per ad set per week if the budget was equally distributed among all ad sets. The translation of that is set budgets higher as opposed to lower because we have found that as soon as we start scaling or we increase budgets from a lower to get to a higher point, that's when CBO really starts to go sideways. And that's when it really gets frustrating. So that's not to say that each ad set will be served equally. So for example, I'm looking inside a $2,500 a day budget right now on a, in a customer that's spending in excess of seven figures per month. So the budget is high, okay? From a cost per acquisition perspective, dead on exactly where we want it to be. But Facebook is allocating most of the budget per day to really one or two ad sets. And we've got six ad sets that are live inside that campaign. So, and if I look back for the last 30 days here, you'll actually see that, yeah, that one ad set and that one day that I sort of looked at like this past Tuesday, for example, yeah, it was getting most of the love from CBO And it's also at our KPI, if not below, but all six ad sets are getting impressions. It's just that Facebook is gearing most of their spend towards the ad sets that are getting the best possible objective for our campaign objective. So in this case, it's website conversions. We're optimizing for a purchase for an e-commerce customer, and we are well below our KPI as far as the last 30 days conversion CPA is concerned. So we tend to not do a whole lot of controls inside CBO. We don't do a lot of manual bidding. We're steering away from minimum budgets. But the point is, is that this is through millions of dollars in ad spend and millions of dollars in testing, as well as the collaboration of our media buyers to share the best practices. So the answer to how do you prepare to the shift to CBO is a lot of practice and a lot of testing. And that's what we found here. You know, I know a lot of quote unquote internet or Facebook ads gurus say, try manual bidding. We have not seen that work as well. If anything, it, it dampens or it pushes down impressions so that we really can't get a whole lot of campaign momentum going. So we tend to use lowest cost 
without bid cap bidding on pretty much all of our campaigns. And guys, I mean, we're, we're spending a lot per week, you know, hundreds of thousands per day. So even for people who say, well, you know, lowest cost bid strategy is the really a risky way to go. That's where we're finding works the best right now. That might change. And that's where fine works best right now for CBO. So bottom line is this, you've got a little bit of a stay of execution for CBO until February, it looks like, but using sort of the, the type of hierarchy that I mentioned here in my comments, less ad sets in each ad set, typically anywhere between three to 10 ads, sometimes six, five, six, seven seems to be about the sweet spot right now, especially at larger budgets and lowest cost with no bid cap and letting them go, but also keeping a real close eye on them. We have noticed when we do launch initial CBO campaigns, sometimes things don't really stabilize for the third or fourth day. So definitely keep an eye on things as soon as you set any campaigns live. Don't leave it to Facebook to optimize. It's your customer's money at the end of the day. So watch it carefully and keep an eye on things. And CBO is going to be around for a while. So it's not going away. So we all have to figure out how to use it best. But that's how we're using it right now inside Tier 11. All right. The next question is from Rick Petrie. Hi, Rick. Hope you're having a great week. He says, what suggestions do you have to grow a leadership and culture funnel that converts content consumption to consultations? So it looks like Rick has a leadership and culture business, and he's got a funnel that he's built for acquisition. And he said it converts content consumption to consultation. So I'm assuming that the purpose of this funnel is to convert people who have already consumed something like a blog post into actually signing up for a consultation. And my biggest recommendation is to make sure that this process is seamless. So I I'm making a guess that they're reading a blog post, but I guess they could, you know, have opted in for one of your lead magnets. Whatever the case, it must be an absolute seamless experience from their consumption of this content into them booking this consultation. What I mean by that is that the content not only has to be interesting enough to, of course, catch their attention at the top of the funnel, or they'll never make it to the bottom of the funnel in the first place, but it also has to be related to the pitch that you're going to make, which is the consultation. So are you building up any excitement or curiosity? Are you informing or entertaining them in the content in a way that will really lead them to desire to want to book this consultation with you? Because this consultation is the solution and the answer to the problem that possibly you posed in the content. That's really what makes the best content when it comes to paid traffic is that you are able to catch people's attention with it and you're able to educate them, but you're also able to build this deep desire for them to solve a particular problem or for them to want to take advantage of an opportunity. And the vehicle for them to do that after they've read the piece of content is going to be the consultation. So whatever medium you go with, I don't really care. I just want to make sure that that entire process is seamless because that's a mistake a lot of people make. They're like, I already created content or I've, you know, I've already tried this, but they didn't put a lot of thought into what the content actually is and what the marketing was behind it. And it doesn't work. So that's my advice for you, Rick. Hopefully that is helpful. 
This is actually the type of funnel that we have for tier 11, that we've been testing our own campaigns and finding out what works. And we've also done this for customers as well. So what we found, and we talked about this back on episode 214, sort of in a different way, is in order for someone to book a call for a consultation, it's almost like them buying something from you. So people pay for things two ways. One with money, of course, (laughs) open up the wallet, take out the credit card. The second is time. So time is almost more valuable than money in a lot of ways, depending on how much you value your time. I value my time a tremendous amount. So I actually consider my time more valuable than money in a lot of ways. But anyway, the point is, is that you got to have money to pay the bills. But in this case, yes, getting someone to a consultation is a big deal. It's like asking for a selling a couple hundred dollar product straight to cold traffic. So you have to warm them up with something before the ultimate goal, something before your end result, something before your conversion. Now, the consultation is probably just a means to an actual conversion, if I'm reading Rick's question correctly here, is that somebody is going to get on a call with either a salesperson or maybe the business owner and help with some kind of coaching or consultation that then ultimately leads to a sale. So for us at Tier 11, it starts with pure content. So we put our best content forward, the coolest, best thing that we have, and we give it away for free. Now, we also ask for a name and an email address, and we have some automation that's set up. So how people answer the initial question, we have a qualifying question prior to them engaging with the content. So for us, it's important to know level of ad spend, or it's important for us to know how big the business is, or it's important for us to know what their goal is. Do they want to be coached? Do they want active management? So there's a number of different ways in which we can qualify people. So depending on how they answer those questions, they'll have some automation. We have some automation set up through Infusionsoft, which then sends them to a VSL, a piece of content that's very helpful and useful. So if somebody wants to learn how to run Facebook ads and increase their business, grow their business, increase their return on ad spend, scale, this content helps them do that. And it's a real world example. It's sort of a case study that shows them exactly how we did it with a customer in less than nine months. Very, very powerful because not only is it real, but we give you real ways in which we did this and how we sort of go about managing campaigns, how we think about traffic in a really specific way. And one of the ways in which we do that in this particular case, and our piece of content is through the e-com ad amplifier, which is, you know, going back to episode 143, 144 of perpetual traffic. The point is, is that we're giving a very valuable piece of content first. And then at the end of that content, then we're asking them for the next step. So, hey, if you want to do this with your business, great. Take this information, go out and do it. You basically have everything that you need right here. You also have a PDF of exactly how to structure your campaigns and so forth. But maybe you want somebody to manage those campaigns for you. Maybe you think this is a little bit too complex. Maybe it's something that, hey, that sounds great, but I'd rather have somebody else do it. Well, if that's the case, then click the button below and book a discovery call with tier 11 
and uh, we'll talk about how we might be able to help you for full service agency. So that's one option. The other option is, you know, if this is something that you want help implementing, then click the button below. And based upon your ad spend, it sounds like this is something that we might be able to help you with. That goes to our Ads Accelerator coaching program, where they talk to our consultant and he recommends which option, potentially full service agency, potentially Ads Accelerator, which is our ongoing coaching program. So the point is, is that I'm using Tier 11 as an example here, but before you actually get to the consultation, which is what Rick really wants in this question, you got to put something ahead of it. And, you know, the VSL webinar kind of format works extremely well. It works really well for us because the content is so valuable and it's related to the pain or the desire that our potential customer has. Like if a customer comes to us and it, you know, knows that Facebook, there's 3 billion people on this thing and I can't seem to figure it all out. Well, we might be able to help you. We could help coach you or we could help run your ads for you. Two very different solutions, but they both solve the same pain point. And how you do that is you convince people that you can help them by actually helping them, by giving them very useful content. In our case, it's a full-blown sort of 30-minute webinar, which is recorded. We call it sort of a VSL. And that then directs them to the right channel based upon what their real desire is. So what we have found, and back to Rick's question here, is that these types of things work even better when they're live. Ours is recorded. So it's a presentation that I've done a hundred times and we've just compiled it together in sort of a compressed format with some new information that's really useful if you want to scale up your campaigns and control your, your CPAs and control your cost per acquisition and, and increase your return on ad spend. Like this piece of content is really, really valuable. The point is that you've got to put something in front of your customer that's valuable to them. So for us, it's that. For Rick, I don't know exactly what it is. It's a leadership and culture funnel. Like what are these people really interested in learning about? What's the thing that keeps them up at night? Is really is the big thing. There's a million different ways to potentially slice this one down. But the point is, is like, what's the big pain point? And if you can cure that pain point in some kind of piece of content and a webinar recorded webinar, a live webinar. Live webinars are probably the best. We actually have an, a customer who sells in the Amazon niche that does a live webinar right now, which is tremendous, really helpful, really useful content. Just like, oh my God, I can actually potentially leave my job because of what this guy says. All I need to do is figure out how to make my first dollar on Amazon live webinar to show exactly how he did it and how all of his students have done it, leading with an ad that shows one of his students and how it changed his life. So what you're really talking about here is show people you can help them by actually helping them and show them proof that you can help them by giving them content that then convinces them. And the logical next step is for them to either take that content and do it on their own. Plenty of people are going to do that, but then there's always going to be people that are going to want help. And one of the best questions that you can ask people once you've actually given them a lot of help is, Hey, do you want more help with that? You know, is there a way I can help you more? And if your product solves that, then you've probably got a winning combination there. So Rick, put something in front of your ultimate ask that's helpful and useful, and it should be able to help that leadership and culture funnel really expand and scale. 
All right. Next up is Yed. Yed's a team traffic member, former Train My Traffic Person alum, such an awesome student. He was able to, I think he said, triple or quadruple his business the first few weeks of Train My Traffic Person just through one lesson that he went through, which was uh, so fulfilling for me. So thank you for submitting this question, Yad. He says, regular conversion objective versus switching to value-based conversion objective. So yet I'm still testing value-based conversion objectives because it's a bit new. What I am finding is that the regular conversion objective still works the best for me in terms of volume of results. So I have seemed to get a lower CPA when using the value-based conversion objective, but it doesn't seem as though I'm getting as many results or actual purchases or leads or whatever I'm looking for versus the regular conversion objective. So as always, we'll continue to test this, but great question. And this is definitely a test that all of you guys should be running inside of your ad accounts to test that new value-based conversion objective option there. Personally, I don't think we use this enough inside tier 11, but we do use it when we have a customer whose goal, and this is really the most important thing for us, is doesn't really matter what we want. It really matters what our customers want. So if our customer has a return on ad spend goal, we tend to use value-based conversion objectives more than just website conversion objectives. But for me, I don't think we use it nearly as much as we should. And we should be testing it more. So just being very honest with you, <laughs> you know, as somebody who looks at all the stuff that we're doing right now, I would say for our website conversion campaigns, I would say 75 to 80% of them are just regular conversion objectives. So let me explain. If this is new to you, with every campaign that you ever start inside Facebook, one of the first things you have to do is pick your objective. So in most cases for us, we tend to choose the conversions objective. We are using a lot of different other types of objectives as well, but this is the one that most of our customers want. They want to be able to spend a dollar, make a return on that dollar, or in this is probably 50% of tier 11 customers, but they want a specific CPA, a specific goal. I can spend $50 to acquire a customer. I can spend $25 to acquire a customer. That's more CPA goal. But some customers have a, I want a 3X return on ad spend. For every dollar, I need to make $3 in return. So that's our objective when we start managing their campaigns. So value-based conversions are typically are used with those customers that have value-based goals. So if it's a return on ad spend goal, uh, we tend to use those more. We have tested both against each other, value-based conversion objective, as well as CPA or just like just plain conversion. And we didn't see a tremendous amount of difference in some of our tests. So here's what I would do. I would set up a brand new campaign. Okay, take your best audience that you know has worked really well in the past. Take your best three ads and set up a split test. So all you do is you click on create new campaign, select split test. And then what you want to test is you want to test 
delivery optimization. Okay, so there's your drop down on the bottom there. So once you actually create your two ad sets, same audience, like I said, you're going to plunk your best three ads in each ad set, okay, that you know are proven and work well. All you're going to do is you're gonna just going to go into maybe your control one is, is going to be conversions. Optimization for ad delivery is going to be conversions. Set your conversion window. We typically do seven-day click, one-day view. And then on the other one inside the ad set level is just on optimization for ad delivery, click on value. So just that simple and then run the test and see what works. And, you know, it's so easy to do and you, know, you don't have to set a tremendously high budget and you'll find out really quickly whether or not regular conversion objective versus value-based conversion objective is the thing for you. So, um, Test it out and let us know how you do. Awesome, Ralph. Another good one. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Head over to the show notes, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast for any resources mentioned. And we will see you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.